0: Even, you know, after doing those gigs, like I said before, like do your best job on every job. Um, And I know that's like some people say don't do that because, you know, you could be uh, wasting time on like the wrong types of clients, but you never know who's going to see your your work, you know. So I I always say do your best job um, because you just, those referrals are so powerful.
1: Welcome back to Have a Map, where we talk all things career. I'm your host, Mamadou Enjai, calling from sunny Florida, which is weird, but it's all Gucci over here. Uh, Right, lucky me. (laughs) Not that warm, though. We were just talking about that, so it it isn't that great. Uh, But my co-host for today is Elohim. Elohim is a... um, uh, intern of ours who actually has seen so many episodes of this podcast probably the most out of all the interns so far so he has a great understanding of this flow elham introduce yourself say what's up uh,
2: hi uh, i'm elham pena i'm a videography intern at Dim events and uh, i'm actually super excited to talk with justin and see how you built a business and turn this passion into a career
1: great great beautiful beautiful and introducing our our guest for today justin king a friend of dim events um, and we'll kind of get into how we met but justin has been clutch ever since i met him you know what i'm saying so it's been beautiful but justin go ahead introduce yourself say what's up to everyone
0: yo what's up i'm justin i am a videographer out of chicago um i tre- i create tons of contents for multiple brands um, And, you know, I built up this business on my own, starting from when I was younger, 15. So, yeah, that's me.
1: Yeah. And a quick backstory on how Justin and I met, actually. It was the beginning of the internship, and we were really trying to create conversations and connect our interns with career professionals. And we did not have anyone in videography. And I just searched the internet and ended up (laughs) DMing Justin, and he was like, Yeah, sure, I'll come. And I didn't even know he was coming from the suburbs. So shout out to Justin for even doing that. But yeah, he came, pulled up, and and we've been connected ever since. He's done a few workshops with our interns and really has helped um, some of our interns to even start their own business as well. Um, So huge shout out to Justin. But thank you so much for that.
0: Thanks. Power of social media, man.
1: Yes, it is crazy.
2: That is, I'm surprised that you can just from a dm what can happen
0: that's uh oh yeah it's a new <laughs> every time yeah that's what
1: we talk we literally talk about this all the time i feel like most interns don't really believe us that <laughs> you know like, it's like yeah it's just dm this thing. person it's the yeah. real estate and, and that's you how you get booking with, get, what's up i said that's also how you can get bookings as well
0: oh yeah definitely that's a lot of uh, my business is uh you know i get it through social media but i'm sure we'll talk about that
1: Yeah. Well, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about like what you actually do. Right. I know you talked about videography, but what does that mean? What does that kind of look like? And then we'll kind of ask some more questions to just dive deeper into that.
0: Yeah, um, I guess it depends on who you ask, Um, because I do videography and I kind of keep it under this umbrella of, you know, it's cinematography. And depending on who you're talking to with that, that can, you know, just be how you're capturing light through the camera. And, um, you know, there's some people who get really detailed about it. Uh, and that's like all they do is hold a camera for productions and things like that. And I'll dabble with things like that. Um, I'll do events. I'll, you know, where there's pop-ups and, you know, uh, companies will call me in saying there's just like this event happening in this area. And I'll come out there and do that. Uh, documentaries, uh, short films, do all kinds of things. Um, And a lot of it, I don't even post to social media, but uh, it's, I don't know, I do, I do a lot. I'll, I'll do photography before that. I did motion graphics. Um, Everything that is involved with creating the video, I do. And a lot of times this is scaled up into, you know, bigger studios, but I, I, me, I am the studio. And, um, it's starting to get to the point where, well, definitely more recently where I'm hiring people out to be parts of, um, the production that I used to handle. So I'm starting to bring people in and that's been an experience where I'm kind of shifting to managing people on the projects. So it's definitely been growing and it's kind of hard to see it when you're in it sometimes, but, um. Yeah, it's for sure growing. It's kind of hard to ignore now. And before a while, I was worried about if this is going to be a successful thing for me. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm not worried anymore. It's just like, I got to be patient and just keep doing what I'm doing. And it's going to turn out to be great. Like this thing that I hoped it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Did I when answer your question?
2: I, I have a, just a side kind of question on that. Are sure. Are sometimes, are you just just capturing video and other times you're just editing. How often are you doing both? Like you're the uh, person behind the camera and then in the, on the computer uh, cutting the footage together.
0: Up until recently, I was always doing everything. So, you know, I, if there was an event happening, I would go to the event and capture the footage. And then, um, you know, I would edit it all, grab assets and put them into the video and sometimes create assets because before um, I actually got the camera, I was, you know, doing motion graphics. So then I would add in things like motion graphics, really just trying to do my best job on every single video because I had no idea who would see it, um, you know, after I received after I gave it to the client, you know.
2: And how did, so if you started in, in motion graphics, do you, are you referring most mostly to like After Effects? Or is that like your predominant? Yeah, and is that what you like studied? Is that how you
0: kind of got into video? <laughs> studied, <laughs> uh, yeah, through YouTube for sure, um, uh, and Video Copilot for sure. I don't know if anybody even knows what that is anymore, um, but that's where you learned all your After After Effects stuff back in the day. This guy named Andrew Kramer used to, you know, put out the greatest stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I learned After Effects first and Motion Graphics, and then I learned Premiere way later and it was like a godsend when i figured out about premiere because after effects is like cutting grass with scissors and (laughs) premiere is a lawnmower so (laughs) i didn't know that the lawnmower existed (laughs)
2: uh i recently have been teaching myself after effects and i found like the reverse like the lawnmower is so easy to handle and then there's so much power in after effects it's like this huge labyrinth to figure out yeah uh but yeah, it's unbelievably powerful in terms of like how you could just make the tiniest change inside yeah, of
0: it. Definitely. Love After Effects. I uh, love that.
1: And I think one thing that's so interesting is you talked about it being like a, a one-stop shop, right? And, and you talked about the expansion of now you're kind of managing people and things of that nature, right? Um, but I want to know a little bit about how did you even get to that point, right? How did you get to the point of being, or one, studying YouTube ver- university is what I like to call it, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I learned about my business as well, right? Studying YouTube and, and taking all that time and then adding it to um, real life or in real life experiences, right? Yeah. So what did that journey look like for you? Was that after high school? Where, when did that kind of get started?
0: um it was definitely during high school um i was on i don't know how this i mean yeah definitely started during high school Uh, i was playing a lot of video games back then but uh that also uh brought in editing for me because uh people wanted me to edit you know game montages for them and stuff like that so that's how it started for me um
1: And how did you start to develop the skill set, right? Utilizing YouTube, like when when was that, right?
0: Yeah, I guess it was just all through uh, high school. And um, I guess I really started using it as a tool um, recently. Do you want to know more about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think what I want to trace is really that journey between high school, right, leaving high school after high school, and then to kind of growing to like where you are now, more so.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I guess after high school, um, I went to college, and I mean, I, I I studied studio art and things like that. There were no videography classes where I went. Where I went to college, I went to Western Illinois University, and. Uh, You know, I figured I should learn more about, you know, what makes colors cool, what makes, you know, design elements work and, you know, those types of things, because I feel like it would all apply to videography. And um, for the most part, I mean, if I were taking a class at somewhere like Western or um, even I've heard this about students at Columbia, like they don't really learn much um, uh, about the industry as much as they'd like to. Um, So With that, uh, I guess after uh high school i was just you know going out and shooting as much as i can uh you know doing jobs for friends and uh all kinds of things man i was i was shooting in clubs uh because i had friends who were promoters and uh they they needed all kinds of content for you know promoting the clubs and um i mean it was some of the best experiences i had because One, it was just fun uh, doing that kind of stuff. And two, I mean, uh, I learned so much because there was not a lot of guidance with these things. And I had to figure it out quickly for me to actually turn it into something uh, profitable and real. Uh,
2: When you were out there, like in the clubs, was this where you mostly like shooting video only and you didn't have to worry about sound yet? Or were you having to figure those two things out at the same time?
0: definitely wasn't worried about sound. It was more about, you know, that my roots of montage type editing of where I was taking a sequence of, you know, clips and putting music behind it and making it, you know, into something that, you know, made you excited that you were there, you know, and you would want to show up the next week. So doing that type of content.
1: I love it. Oh, sorry. How, how
2: was it? Um, how did you get the ball rolling in terms of like, how, how do I make money doing this in a way that I can live off of? And I'm, um, I, 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 speaking as someone, I I studied acting in front of the camera and like mm-hmm. I've really found that I love the other side. Yeah. Uh, but it's also the same thing where like studying acting or these kind of arts, you usually learn a lot about the craft or technicalities, but nothing about how do I make money doing this in a yeah. way that I can sustain myself.
0: Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Um, And YouTube actually helped me out with that too, but um, I was learning pretty quickly that the club scene, you know, I was, like I said, I was having fun. It was cool and exciting. I was able to have a lot of creative liberties, but uh, I wasn't making as much money as I wanted. So it didn't take long for me to be like, okay, this was cool and fun, but you know, I'm getting paid by people who are my age um, and they're not making like a ton of money doing this thing. Um, So what can I do to scale this up? Um, shortly after that, I was looking for some internships in video production, just so I can learn more and learn from somebody who I felt had, you know, a ton of experience. Um, and, you know, I got that internship, that inter- internship turned into a job. I learned some techniques and things from a production company and how were they, how were they, uh, how they were working. And I transferred that um, into my processes. So, uh, I mean, immediately, like, I realized what my worth was just seeing uh, the production company and how they were operating and, um, you know, the price associated to each one of the jobs in the production company. Um, So, you know, the cameraman had a rate, uh, the editor had a rate, there was a rate for creating just like the, the project, like for everything that you can possibly think of, that was a job for... production and even things that you wouldn't even think about um had a rate for it and i learned how to like you know atomize those things and make it into a sheet and present it to people um so they can understand what they were getting Um, and after a while uh depending on the client and what you're doing some of that stuff even goes out the window and you start charging based on uh value like what does this actually mean and like like who are you and type of thing like you know the price for doing a video for nike is completely different from doing it from doing a video for that you know mom and pop down the street so you gotta keep those things in mind and and that's what helped me scale into um what i'm doing now and you also got to gauge like who you're working with corporate people they want to have that itemized list um sometimes like if you're pitching to a a client sometimes they just want to you know they just want the number and they'll work with it and they'll, you know, give you money hand over fist, you know, but yeah, that hope I answered the question there.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I recently did like my first paid shoot and I, uh, I asked a friend who's an editor and he's like, you need to charge, you know, for your camera rentals. And, it, and in my head, I was like, what do you mean? I bought this stuff. And then yeah. it was this other perspective of like, no, cause this is equipment, this is wear and tear. And like, it shifted my mind in a way that I was like, Oh, yeah, and that is how you start to make money, and it was it was very helpful. So that again, that just reinforces that for me in terms of like how you have to write out everything and explain why it's of value and why you charge what you do.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Yeah,
1: and I think one thing I I, I want to just touch on really briefly, right, is that journey, right? Because I'm a huge believer of everybody's specific journey adds to their excellence right so like going from studying the art side of things right and then transitioning into the club which I honestly feel and I'm also biased from this but I started off in the nightlife industry and I feel like the club the nightlife industry really brings out the best and sometimes the worst in people (laughs) but it really can it, it's so quick and it's fast, right? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of transactions going in, in that space. So you really adapt to that type of speed and, and ability yeah. to just create on demand and, and really cater to people because at the mm. end of the day, you're catering to people and yeah. it's a it's a release for them. So I think that's really fascinating that you went from art then you worked also in nightlife, right? Because that all speaks to kind of where you are now and your specific lens that you have on everything.
0: Definitely for sure. Cool.
1: So, moving forward, I think let's talk a little bit about the scaling of it, right? So, we talked a lot about all right, this is what you started to learn, right? But then, how did you start to even pitch yourself, gain some of those clients, right? Because that's a lot of people's problems right or issues that they have is how do i pitch myself how do i how do i gain clients right um because they're not always just going to come to you right some clients definitely come to you and we talked a little bit about that on social media but like how did you really start out pitching yourself when people didn't really know you that well
0: i was i'm not gonna lie i was pretty fortunate to know you know people in the industry uh starting with the club and then social media, like you said, did help out a lot. I was I was getting gigs pretty consistently, and then um, even you know after doing those gigs, like I said before, like do your best job on every job. Um, and I know that's like some people say don't do that because you know you could be uh, wasting time on like the wrong types of clients. But you never know who's gonna see your your work, you know. So I, I always say do your best job. Um, because you just, those referrals are so powerful.
1: How did you start to pitch yourself, right? And then from that pitching, right, how did yeah. you start to capitalize on like referrals it. and all of that?
0: Yeah, um, I guess when I started pitching, um, it was definitely scary. Like it's always scary pitching and everything. You never know what they're gonna say. And I, I guess I, I come um, to it like at a uh, with a collaboration mindset. Like we're, we are working together on this. We're going to build this thing out. Um, and I was also like honest with some of the clients as well, like where I was and everything. Um, but from a pitching standpoint, just, you know, I, I built out proposals. I made sure that there was a plan for everything. Um, I mean, there, there are templates out there and everything, and I was able to look at those and create my own, um, for, you know, producing these projects and, um, you also got to see, you know, through these templates, like what people are really, you know, doing in, like how these things are uh, created. Um, if I'm you, able to say you, some names, what's up?
2: Could you like, I, I'm curious, like what was, if you remember like what your first pitch was like, and was it something where you had a solid vision for what they wanted? Or was it something you're like, what are you guys looking for? And then let me design something around that. And then, yeah, because I'm curious to see like what, when you're in that room, how, you're selling that idea to someone, you know? Right. And, um, and also this is because I like, don't know anything. Did you at that, when you have that vision, do you kind of have like a storyboard in your head or had you done like maybe like a shot list or anything like that, or is it much more intuitive? Is your workflow, workflow much more intuitive?
0: Uh, so I've come to pitches with storyboards, with like all those things presented already. Like I, when I'm presenting to somebody, I'm like really attacking what they already have done and what I can contribute to that. So uh, if I'm pitching, like I pitch to a lot of sports brands um, and I'm already like, I'm planning right now um, when I have some like more dead space um, because right now it's just so busy, I can't, but when I have some time, I'm going to pitch to like a bunch of clients, like some certain ideas that I have that are all, within like this certain realm of my creative videography style. Um, and, you know, once I create that template, it's just gonna go out to a bunch of different clients and be shifted some, um, but like I am attacking those clients and I'm gonna make sure that those templates are, or um, those uh, those things that I create are gonna be high quality so that I have the highest chance of getting those jobs. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I would do. But once well, again, wait when you
2: when you have that that like plan of attack and what you're describing i uh, just cuz i'm curious of like the scale are you, at at this point are we talking about like i you know i'm going to need i'm going to need like foley you know or you or it, it's also like cuz every job is so different like commercial right. versus i'm curious like how often do you need to worry about capturing good sound or is that something that you outsource right now or like because that it's like a whole nother skill set. Sometimes is like when you're mm-hmm. trying to incorporate that kind of stuff in into the into the work.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, you keep going back to sound. I don't capture a, a ton of sound in my productions. That's something I'm starting to add in right now. And I, I mean, even afterwards, it's more about um, me creating what I feel the sounds are through sound effects, um, or like what I want you to feel, like the like emotion okay. that I want to uh, put out there. But. Um, if, if we're talking about like specific things that I wanna add, they're definitely in that treatment um, and they're expressed in one way or another. If I'm just giving like the overview, overview I'm kind of building that world in a way that a writer would, um, giving okay. them like a short ac- excerpt of like what it's gonna look like and feel like and everything. And then I'll have like pictures with those things. Um, so they're okay. like so, so they get an idea of the visual style or whatever I want to you know portray to them I, I make sure that it is written out and then also seen um, okay so they a lot of times it's like they have like a 80 like 90% of the vision already there and they know what it's going to look like and then they can see my work and be like okay I can see how this fits together okay uh, yeah
2: I'm curious how did you go about building your like first reel? You know, did you did you try and stick to a particular niche like in your sports and fashion line or, or was your first reel a little more all-encompassing and you had like all of the kind of stuff you've done even if the subject matter was wildly different?
0: Right. Uh, I guess, uh, well, now it's definitely more of a focus thing, but I go back and forth with that. Um, when you're starting out, you have to put out what you have And that can be a lot of things, but just make sure it's representative of the quality that you want to, uh, the quality of work that you would like to receive. So I wouldn't put anything in my reel that feels, that feels like it's not up to my current standard. Um, if, I mean, if I have stuff from like, you know, five years ago, that's still really good. That's probably going to go on one of my general reels still to this day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that.
1: That's great insight. I feel like that really helps to shape and mold everything. Cause I think one thing, and then I'll kind of jump off of this, but I think one thing that people always worry about, especially in their pitches is how much is too much. Right. Because you, you don't want to give too much where a brand could kind of take it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I think it's really good where you're like, yo, I'm I'm really giving them a lot of the idea because at the end of the day, For someone to pay you, right? I look at payment as like some sort of investment into whatever they're pushing forward to, right? So if they're going to invest in it, you're going to have to invest in it in some shape or form, right? Um, And the reason why it's okay to give a lot of that information is because Nobody can do it how you would do it, right? right. And that's why right. it's it always matter. important. It doesn't really matter when you're pitching them if you're giving them a lot of that information because no, they can't just go to someone else and say, Hey, do all of this. Like, i oh my like, I don't even know how to do any of that. So, right, always is keep it, is that, that a thing mind. people
2: worry about, like when you're pitching oh, yeah. them, really. Oh,
0: I, the I, worried, I worried about it myself. Um, even like you know, I worried about it a little bit, but then I realized exactly what Mo said. Like this is me and this is the work I'm going to create. So nobody's going to do it the, exactly the same way that I'm going to do it. I mean, even if I, like, revealed, like, if you watch everything that I do, you will not do everything that I do the same way I would do it. You would pull pieces, and but it would still be a lot of what your upbringing was and how you were like brought into this. And I mean, you have you have acting experience, like, that's that's going to uh, play a part in how you probably interact with your actors. You know that I just don't know anything about. You know you just know that other side
2: wow i like it didn't even occur to me that the company you're pitching would try and steal your offer (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh,
0: some
1: some people have some horror stories so (laughs) yeah it's not always great i believe it yeah for sure well let's talk a little bit about pre and post covid right because i think it's very interesting right um of how people have transition or switch some things up right so for you justin what did pre-covid look like right what was like your day-to-day pre-covid and then what does it look like now um
0: pre-covid my day-to-day um it's always different i mean uh as a freelance um videographer I, I have to kind of go with ebbs and flows of things. Some days I'm very busy. Other days it's like I'm giving myself time, or you know I can you know take this. I can start working out and doing this thing. But then um, when things get like really busy, a lot of those things can kind of go out the window where I'm not you know taking as much time as I need to to you know take care of myself the way I'd like to and all these other things. Uh, So, I mean, pre-COVID, it was just, it's really just ebbs and flows. And I would say the same even now. Um, It's weird because like I've even gotten a lockdown on certain things that um, I was struggling with like pre-COVID, you know, uh, during COVID right now. So it, it honestly hasn't changed too much for me. I'm not like the extremely extroverted person uh like I, I mean I worked in the clubs and stuff before but I didn't like need to be there um so yeah I, I that's how I feel about that I I'm not it doesn't change too much for me my my schedule is just kind of crazy I do whatever I want to do when I want to do it
2: <laughs> how how was um I I assume at this point like you've got an LLC like develop like is it what, what did you use for resources when you were starting you know and, and turning it into a business because then you got to start worrying about taxes and, and all that kind of technical stuff uh in the line Do You ch- again is it because i am also a lot of self-taught through the youtube university but um mm-hmm. curious to to see how you started like figuring out contracts you know so that you could make sure you get paid uh mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff
0: uh really uh i just have some pretty good resources that I found online. I asked, you know, my circle of creatives and videographers and business owners and stuff like that, that I had to gain because I didn't have this. Uh, I did go to college, but I didn't finish it. So my network from college, isn't like huge, like at all. And those people that I know aren't videographers. Um, so, or any kind of business owners a lot of times. So, um, look into your network, look into who, you know, and see what kind of information you can get from them and then source that with things online. And um, just, you know, I I figured it out myself, Um, but there's some really great things like, and I mean, you can DM me, I can show you some things online that I, you know, ran across that definitely helped me to understand more about, um, (laughs) live from dinner, uh, more about, you know, the business and how to, um, you know, get my contracts right start the LLC and get things moving in that direction. But I'm still looking for processes myself to you know, make this even easier for myself. So everything uh, on the business side kind of runs itself and I can just focus on being creative because that's why I started doing this is just so I can be creative and have fun. But there's a whole other side that I also need to take care of. Oh,
2: thank you, that, that would actually be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks. In, in building, and in, in building what, what, what you've been, how long have you been, like, you, you know how they, like, everyone sees a success overnight, but really it's 10, 15 years of work. How, how would you scale yours in terms of how long you've been working at this and how, like, you're feeling like I'm hitting my stride now?
0: Uh, man, I'm I'm not, I'm, it looks like I'm doing really well, probably. Uh, I'm still not hitting, like, that comfortable stride. Like, I'm working really hard right now. But I'd like to be, you know, working, not like, I, I don't want to be working as hard. I don't want to be sweating as much. You know, I want to just be, I want to be having fun on every single project, you know. And in reality, it's not like that right now. Right now, it's like sometimes I have to pay the bills and I need to, you know, take some sacrifices here and there. So uh, yeah, that, that's what it's like
2: um i had i had a question to to do with oh how do you juggle when you're this busy multiple pro multiple simultaneous projects like do you schedule out time is it like do you is it like deadline focused How, how do you manage time manage all that uh
0: a lot of communication so uh just with clients understanding like what needs to be and i and i also make sure that i budget time for it um I never want to be doing too many projects at once. That's not what the client wants either. Um, You want to make sure that you're giving them a lot of attention. And uh, I try to do that, like, to the best of my ability, where I'm really just focusing on one project at a time um, myself. So it's, it's hard because sometimes you do need to juggle a lot of projects, but that's what I'm trying to move towards is like, that stride for me looks like me doing a project, like, once a month and working on that project and dedicating all my time to that, and I can be, like, more than comfortable doing that. Um, I mean, and I guess I could do, like, you know, more projects during the week, but they have to be, like, like the most fun things, you know. Um, but, like I said, that's not the reality. Sometimes you got to make the money.
2: Have you this is just curious on your journey. Have you ever, uh, worked just like as an editor for someone else or just, or like when you were starting out, you said that you had done an intern like that internship. Was that when you were just like trying to get an idea of how to do everything yourself?
0: Mm, Uh, I mean, in that internship, I learned a lot. I was really just open to learning any and everything. And I learned things that I just never expected to learn. Uh, so I guess, during that time, I did, you know, I did editing. I did um, event production. Uh, I did a lot of shooting, a ton of shooting. Um, that gimbal was in my hands all the time. Seriously. Uh, but what, it was great. Uh,
2: can, I, can I ask, was it like one of the bigger rigs or was it something a little more handheld? Because I mean, they're still incredibly... Yeah, like a couple hours in and you're just like, oh, my God, I need to like I should have a back brace.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got to you got to take some protein that day, man. (laughs) Life hack. You'll get swole. Uh, No, I mean, like we use all kinds of stuff. Um, There was times where we use like, you know, the easy rigs where you had the vest and whatnot. And, you know, camera overhead. um, They had, you know, the smaller one handed rigs and then, um, you know, two handed rigs and stuff like that that are more portable as well. Um, Yeah that kind of stuff it was cool i love i loved working for that company and i still work with them to this day so good people very cool very cool
1: one thing i'm curious to know is we we talk a lot about this idea of self-care right taking care of oneself Mm -hmm. uh for and I always think of self-care as a journey, right? It's not just a, a place or a destination only, right? It's constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, but for you, right? What does self-care look like, right? For you currently, um, and maybe what are you looking to, maybe you're trying to grow your model or your, your lifestyle of self-care, right? What does that look like from like where you are now and then what you kind of want to see in the future?
0: Uh, like I said, like you said, it's constantly evolving. Uh, right now, I definitely, you know, take time in between the larger projects to give myself a good amount of like space and break to figure out, you know, what's going on? Where is my business at? Do I need to reevaluate? Uh, those types of things. Uh, and also, I mean, I, I, I think that's so important. You know, um, you really do need to take time to, You know take breaks if the projects are getting heavy you can't just be in the rat race of you know just gaining projects or working on projects you really need to take that time to you know get the overhead look of what's actually happening with your business otherwise you are just working and you start to become one of those people who Like really don't even is like don't know what's really even going on with the industry or how things are changing. It's good to have like, you know, um, That time to look at, you know, social media and or, you know, films, whatever you do uh, to relax, you know, to be inspired and have those um, those moments.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's so important. The inspiration that you talked about, right? Because I definitely have caught myself where it's just like, you're so busy and you're just like, oh, rat race, rat race, rat race. But then you're like, I'm not even inspired by anything that I'm doing. And it's a hard, it's a tough space to be in because like most people, like you said, like from the outside can see like, oh, you're killing it. Right. But then sometimes you're just like, so into it. And you're just like, yeah, this is cool, but I want to, I got to do something different. Like this is just kind of getting boring. So like for you, you said what?
0: I I make those shifts often uh, where I focus on certain things for certain times because it's easy for me to get, you know, kind of not, I mean, not bored, but like I need something different. Like I understand how this thing is working to the extent that I wanted to learn. And now I need to move on to something else. Um, But go ahead. You're no, so. I
1: was just going to say, like, where do you try to search for inspiration, right? Because I think that's also a thing, right, that ties into the self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think most people talk about it in that lens, right? But the idea of inspiration and looking to consistently grow, because otherwise you just kind of get comfortable in doing stuff in mm-hmm. your in the ways that you know, I can kill this, you know what I mean?
0: Um, There's definitely ways to search for inspiration. Um, But I try not to really search for it. I kind of just, you know, live a lifestyle that I feel, you know, caters to that inspiration. Like I, um, I don't, I, I honestly didn't um, watch a lot of movies before. I'm starting to enjoy them more now. Um, I, I I do things outside of videography that honestly inspired me, you know, Um, like I enjoy tumbling a lot. You know, uh, a lot of people don't, sh- I don't show that stuff on social media, but I, and a lot of people don't know that, but I tumble. I love, you know, being athletic and, and move my body around and stuff like that. Um, and you know, just anything I, I can do anything and just be inspired by this. There's so many things that I want to do, um, that aren't videography as well, but I feel videography is definitely the driving thing. That's going to bring me to do more things. Um, so I, I I'm just inspired by a lot of things. Um, TV shows, anime, like all kinds of stuff. I I consume media for fun, so.
1: I love that, I love that. Yeah, inspiration is so key outside of just like what you're currently doing, right? Because it all plays into the bigger pot of how you work and how you operate and how you move day to day as as a person.
0: Definitely.
2: Can I ask what tumbling is? I'm not I'm not familiar with. I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. I was like should I uh, ask or should I look it up later but I, I
0: don't <laughs> know No. yeah, uh, it's just tum- uh, gymnastics. The flipping. Oh. Like all the flipping and whatnot. That's I love doing that. Uh, before I did that I love skateboarding but I couldn't carry my board around everywhere. I figured out I can do flips everywhere. So I started doing tumbling and stuff. Um yeah, that, that's tumbling. They,
2: is there this is just out of curiosity so like is there a place in chicago that does like is it that's what it's called or is it under like a different name like business wise if you wanted to do because i i i i grew up on a trampoline like i grew up in the suburbs of minnesota and i had this huge trampoline and it was like can i do a double backflip? can i do a front flip off of this onto the ground like and i do miss that a lot and i've seen like those trampoline places like in the suburbs here but i've been told that it's like very kid-centric and I'm an adult at this point, and I don't, you know what I mean. Like as an adult, it's very different. Unless they have an adult-only time.
0: Oh man, they wouldn't tell me that. <laughs> <They wouldn't laughs> tell me that, no. I would go. I mean, like I love stuff like that. Um, I, I'm very much for doing all your passions. And there was a time where I felt like that, where I felt like I couldn't do all the things that I want to do. But you like, I, I, I make time for those things. Those, those down times. I I need to refuel by doing like all my passions. I can't just stick to one thing, Um, even within the categories of like what I'm doing. Like when I said I was doing videography and I was sticking to just doing music videos for a while, there was a time I was like, okay, I need to like take a break from artists. I need to work with something else. And then I started doing fashion and like corporate stuff. And like, I, I did so many different types of things. Um, I think it's, and I feel like you should do that for your passions as well, um, because I got energy from just doing my other passions. And there's so many things that I wanna do and that I'm doing. Yeah. Beautiful. Well,
1: kind of one of my, my our favorite questions to kind of wrap up um, our conversations has to always do with music. So for you, Justin, and, and Elohim answer this one as well, right? Um, if you had to describe the last few days or weeks um, in a song or artist, or maybe it's an album, um, which song, artist, or album might that be, and like why? Mm. It's a very tough question I like to end with i have,
2: a, I, have a, I actually have a list of songs Give me real quick see real quick well, <laughs> he's cheating in my ear
1: he's cheating ellen this is supposed to be all from memory oh, now what's happening
2: i it's uh run the jewels i've been listening to the la- their latest album but oh, wow. i play uh i've been playing cyberpunk which has been mm-hmm. its own catastrophe but there's they wrote a song for that that i I've, I've just like been playing over and over and over in my head um so like that's kind of where I'm at in terms of music is like that kind of like cyber hip hop fusion.
1: Love that. Okay. Dope, dope. Yeah. What about you, Justin?
0: I listen to so much music. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I give you like three artists? Is that cheating? Yeah,
1: no, that's fine.
0: Okay. Uh, recently, I love, I've love. i been listening to a lot of jazz. So uh, Bad, Bad, Not Good. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They are amazing check out Bad Bad Not Good, Um, Griselda, which is on the other side, just completely different, you know, Um, and what else? I'd say those are like the two I've been listening to the most, I've been frequenting uh, those two, Uh, but I listen to everything, like I'll throw some gospel in there just because, you know, uh, I grew up in the church, so yeah, I still, I, I love that, you know, that sound, there's something crazy about gospel music. Yeah, no, I start
1: my day with, with gospel music. It's something about, like you said, that sound. For me, I've been listening to, I listen to Griselle, the very heavy. Yeah. Um. And uh. And then I'm really into the UK scene when it comes to rap. So Heady One or grime music is what they would call it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's super dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really trying to tap into that so I can go overseas and
0: manage a UK artist. There you go. That's what's up, dude. I like that. that. Got to do
1: something different, you know? It's a different energy, different culture, different vibe. So
0: it keeps
1: me me inspired, keeps me inspired. Nice, nice. And to wrap up, Elohim, do you want to kind of end things?
2: Um, oh, if anyone wanted to uh, get in touch with you, you know, any of the, any of the other interns, what would be the best way to reach you? You know, via yeah, like definitely. Instagram, LinkedIn, email, DMs, learning that real quick.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at raw provisions. Uh, I, if you want to see my website, rawprovisions.com, I look at all my DMs and I will reply to you if you message me. Um, So that'd be one of the most reliable ways to reach out to me.
2: Cool. And thank you so much. Your knowledge has been super helpful for someone that's just starting out. It's incredibly, thank thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: No problem, man.
1: Well, I do want to thank you. What we like to do at our internship is give everyone a round of applause. That's just how we keep it fly. thank Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You don't know how all this information consistently inspires not only our interns who are here with you, but also the ones who listen later to the podcast as well, because we talk, we hear about this all the time in the interviews and I'm deep into interview season right now. So like everyone's like, yeah, I heard from this person and this person. So it really makes a big difference um, and helps people to give them some type of guidance to what they're trying to do. So truly appreciate your time, Justin.
0: Great. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Thank of you, course. Sir. And thank you to everyone for listening, whether this is your morning routine, afternoon routine, or your routine before you go to bed. We are out. Skr skr.